welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. All right, James. Scott, how are we doing? Uh, we're good. It's Friday, and we need to get this done so I can go surfing. <laughs> Let's get this done. What's our question for today, Scott? Uh, today's question is, what is a health savings account? What is it? Well, let's start with this. Let's start by defining what it actually is. Okay. Then we can go into the benefits. So we can kind of see when does it make sense to use it and why would we actually use this, okay? Love it. So to start with, a, a health savings account is essentially a tax-advantaged way to save for medical expenses. What it does is rather than using after-tax dollars, so money that you receive in a paycheck, you know, you pay your federal taxes, your state taxes, some payroll taxes, you can then go pay for any medical expenses you have at that time, or you can use funds from an HSA, a health savings account, to pay for those expenses and save taxes on it. So let's start by talking about how does it work. Okay. So basically, well, uh, first of all, what I was just hearing you say is HSA account lets me use more of my money that I don't pay to the government to pay for medical expenses. Exactly. So I want to learn more. You want to learn more. Here we go. (laughs) So let's start with this. The first thing to know is not everybody qualifies to use an HSA. Okay. Okay? What do you have to do to qualify? To qualify, you must have what's called a high deductible health plan. Okay. How do I know if my plan's a high deductible health plan? So if you look at your plan, and I'll give you some numbers to quantify this in a second, Mm -hmm. but there's different types of insurance plans, right? You can have an insurance plan that covers almost all of your expenses. There's really not a big deductible. If you get hurt, if you need medical services, your insurance is going to cover a lot of those for you. Yep. And I we see these more often in larger corporations mm-hmm. where people are still getting really, really high quality plans. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's typically a really good plan that does not leave you on the hook for a whole lot of medical expenses. Right. But corporations more and more are getting kind of jumping with the toying with the idea of having you pay for more. And I think that's mm-hmm. where these high deductible plans come in with health savings accounts. We're seeing them more and more being options included in employer benefit plans. Absolutely. Okay. So while those are great plans, the plans that pay for quite a bit of your deductible or all of your deductible in some cases, those plans don't qualify for health savings accounts as an add-on to that. Okay. okay? So what qualifies? A high deductible health plan is, is technically a plan where you, if you're a single person, have a minimum deductible amount of $1,350 Or if you're a family, if you have a family, the deductible is $2,700 at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And James, I don't know if you see this, but when I see high deductible eligible plans at corporations, um, typically the deductibles are even higher than what we just gave as the minimum deductible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are the minimums, but quite often we're seeing the deductibles 3,000, 4,000 more. 3,000 for an individual, 6,000 for a family, things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So those are more often, those are more common, but to qualify, 
as high deductible. Those are the minimums. Yeah. 1350 single, 2700 for a family. And I would just say, like, if you do work for a corporation, typically the easiest way to know whether or not you have an HSA eligible plan is just ask HR. They'll tell you. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't try to calculate this on your own. There's yeah. easier ways to do it. We're giving you like some of the detail here, but like, <laughs> you can just ask someone. And, and oftentimes the, the plan will quite honestly say if it's HSA eligible. Right. All the, all the plans will list this as part of the title or part of some of the, the summaries of the plan. Totally. So we've kind of got a, an understanding now of what an HSA eligible plan can look like. How much money can you put in an HSA account? So if you again, are eligible for an HSA plan, and you're a single person, you can put up to $3,450 into an HSA. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you're going to get some amazing tax benefits for that, which we're going to cover in a second. But the most that you can put in, again, whether this is you putting it in, a lot of times an employer will make a contribution for you. But the max amount that you can put in in a year is $3,450 for an individual and $6,900 for a family. Yeah, and that is something you you briefly mentioned it there, but another thing to keep in mind is a lot of corporations are now choosing to help put money into your HSA plan. So not only can you contribute, but they will help you. The key is the maximum amount stays the same. Right. So if you're an individual and they want to give you $1,000, well, then you can add $2,450. Exactly. To, com- to get the max amount. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And what you'll see a lot of times is an employer might contribute 100 bucks a month. Or something like that, right? So what you need to do is say, okay, if my employer is contributing $100 per month, it's $1,200 per year, I personally can put the excess in between what the employer is putting in and my max contribution. Awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So so far we've kind of covered for how does it work. What is an HSA? It's a high deductible premium plan, right? We know now what the amount is that you're allowed to contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you actually use these for? Like use the money for? What you can use the money for is qualified medical expenses. That sounds okay. really boring. Sounds very boring. <laughs> Essentially, think of it this way. Anything that you're paying your doctor to do or a hospital to do for a routine, um, just your typical expense, yeah. you know, medical bill, hospital bill, that's what you can use it for. Okay. So okay. things like deductibles, co-pays, like prescription Co-insurance. Drugs, exactly. All that stuff. Exactly. All the stuff that we kind of have to pay. The stuff you have to pay. Okay. Now, as we were talking about earlier, there's some things you can't pay for that people would like to, but if it's yeah. something more cosmetic in nature, um, those types of expenses aren't really qualified in, in this type of a plan. Right. And if anyone has specific questions about that, you can always go look at the HSA plan itself. And it typically will define specifically what is and is not considered a qualified medical expense. Exactly. And there's actually, if you really want to geek out on it, there's pr- an, even an IRS booklet on it. Um, but don't be that geek. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't expect any of you any of you to actually read that book, but suffice it to say, most expenses that are normal routine medical expenses will be covered okay, by cool. an HSA. Now I do want to cover one more thing just in terms of what how does it work, Scott? Yeah. I think a lot of people confuse HSAs with FSAs. Yeah, I was gonna get to that because I was basically just gonna ask you, like, okay, cool. I can put three thousand four hundred and fifty dollars away. I'll do that this year. I don't use any of it. Does it go away? Exactly. A lot of people ask, is it is it the use it or lose it type scenario, right? right? Do I have to use these expenses? Do I have to make sure there's some medical event to make sure I'm getting maximum use out of this plan? Right. For an FSA, 
You do. Now, this is different, though. With so FSA a- was a flexible spending account. A lot of people are used to them. And that's where our corp- corporations kind of said, like, hey, you can put this money away pre-tax, but if you don't use it, you lose you it. You lose it. So it's At always a risk year. of if I don't end up needing it, you you lose that money. Okay. The benefit of a health savings account or an HSA is if you don't use that money this year, it just rolls over to the next year. Oh, awesome. So you, you can just use it next year. You can use it indefinitely. That money is going to stay there. The money in the HSA is your account and it's your money to use whenever you feel like using it. Okay. So basically I should, so I maybe just will fill this up, get it to a point where it's full and then mm-hmm. I'll stop contributing to it. Say that one more time. Get, <laughs> Should I just fill it up to where it has a certain dollar amount in it and then stop contributing to it? Well, not necessarily. And I think we're going to cover this in a second because I think what we want to talk about, Scott, is now we know what is it. I think once we understand the tax benefits of it, we're going to see we probably want to keep funding this thing as long as we possibly can. Yeah. You know, yes, you could make the case to fund it to a certain point and you have everything you need, but there's some incredible tax benefits to an HSA that make it worth contributing to, even if you don't necessarily use those funds this year or next year or the year after. So do you mind kind of walking us through some of the tax benefits of an HSA? Yeah. So um, the HSA plans, honestly, they kind of have a triple tax advantage. Um, They're they're kind of a a sweet account to use. So if you don't have that really high quality plan without an HSA now, and the only thing that they offer through a corporation is an HSA eligible plan, it almost always makes sense to go max out an HSA account. Hmm. Uh, And that's for a couple of reasons. The first reason is your money is tax deferred, right? You you don't have to pay um, any taxes to put that money in. Hey guys, this is James with a quick but important note that we're going to insert in here. HSAs are always tax-free at the federal level, meaning you won't ever pay federal taxes on contributions to an HSA. Many states also offer tax deductions on HSA contributions, but not all of them. We're doing this show in California, and California is actually one of the states that doesn't recognize HSAs, which means you can still contribute to them, but it won't save you money on state income taxes. So as we say that uh, HSA contributions are completely tax-free, that does definitely depend on the state that you're in. Many states, this is the case, but in other states, such as California, it will save you federal and payroll taxes, but you won't get the state tax deduction. We'll include a link in the show notes with a list of the states and how they each treat HSA contributions from a tax perspective, but just want to insert this quick note here. All right, back to the show. And not only if you do it through your employer, you also don't pay what we call FICA taxes, which are Social Security and Medicare. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't actually have to pay those taxes on that money either. So so it really helps you save taxes in that year. Um, The other benefit is if you need to use the money, so the money's in there and it's it's currently in a tax-free state, if you pull it out for a qualified medical expense, it's a tax-free. Tax-free. Expense that you just paid, which is amazing. So essentially what you're saying there is you... Save money on taxes by putting money in your HSA. Yep. So it's a tax deduction. Yep. And then even if you pull the money out to use for a qualified medical expense, there's no taxes you at that point either. You still have to pay taxes. That's right. Perfect. And then let's say you just keep doing this and at, at past age 65, you're on Medicare now and you don't even you don't even need these funds anymore. You can use these funds in retirement to help pay for medical expenses too. Or you could use these funds in retirement just like you would withdraw an IRA account. Mm. So you'd have to start paying some taxes then on the back end, but you've had so much tax-deferred growth, it should be a really good thing. And so to, to clarify, if you are of retirement age and you're using these funds, it's still tax-free to pull money out if you're using it for medical expenses or for Medicare at that time, those premiums, whatever it may be. But if it's for normal everyday living expenses that aren't necessarily medical expenses, you can still pull it out 
but you're just paying federal and state taxes like you would right. on an IRA. Right. And if you, if you think about it, like if you put 6,900, uh, what's the max number this year? 6,900 6, for a family. for a family. If you do that every year and you don't ever need to use these funds, if you can pay all of your medical expenses outside of just with regular cash flow, you actually are, we're going to get to it. You're allowed to invest these assets inside yeah. of HSA accounts. So the growth that can happen inside of these accounts can be massive. Absolutely. So I've got a question for you, Scott. I'm an investor and I'm looking to put money in an IRA or I'm looking to put money in an HSA. Yeah. What should you say is better or a 401k for that matter? Yeah. So like when, if a, if I was, if it, well, you know, always figure it out for yourself. But, uh, if you have say an employer match at work for a 401k, we talked about that, Mm -hmm. um, kind of recently. Um, I would probably look to do the maximum for the match first. So say I get a 3% match. Yeah. I contribute 3% to take full advantage of that. Yep. Do that first. But then I would probably want to go max out my HSA next because I can let it grow tax-free for the future. I can use it for tax-free for medical expenses, right? And, it, and it's available if I need it. Like it, it's, it's, it's an amazing place to go. And then I would probably go back to the 401k and start mm-hmm. maxing that out after I had the HSA exactly. maxed out. And the HSA, as you mentioned before, actually saves you another 7.65% per year in taxes because you're not paying payroll, FICA, totally. taxes. Yeah, we're really geeking out now on exact percentages. <laughs> I fully agree with you. Yes, you yes. are doing that, which is helpful. Awesome. So yeah, I would. that's how I, probably how I would take it. And I, I think the same thing. You know, when you're looking at what to do between a 401k and an HSA, oftentimes the conversations I'm having with clients is, is similar to what you're saying. If max the 401k, get the match, then do the HSA. And then at that point, the conversation is, okay, Roth IRA, more 401k, something else. But yeah. the HSA is something in my mind, at the top of the the priority list of what to do first when looking where to invest funds. For sure. And it's, you know, it's not something we're really touching on very deeply here, but there is a, it's, I might tax, some special tax guru can double check me on this, but I'm pretty certain that if you have an HSA open and you don't use it now, uh, you fund it, but you don't use the funds and you keep track of your medical expenses, I believe you're allowed to go back in time and Mm. claim previous year medical expenses. Mm. So if you ever have a really, really bad year and you need funds somewhere, well, you could potentially take tax-free cash out of an HSA account to help fund your life. Mm. So another Mm. potential benefit. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Awesome. So triple tax benefits. So we looked at how does it work? How do you qualify? We've looked at the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. let's now look at the investment side of things as we're kind of starting to talk about. Yeah, because we started to talk about investing. Why don't you uh, kind of lead the way on that with what people can do with, with uh, investing HSA accounts? So here's an interesting strategy with HSAs. And I think you and I both encourage a lot of our clients to do this is don't just view the HSA as a way to save for current year medical expenses. I think some people say, okay, I'm going to fund this and pull money right back out so I get it tax free and can pay for whatever my medical expenses are. But our perspective is that this money grow and be invested for you if possible. Meaning when you put money in an HSA, depending on who the provider is, you're going to be required to keep a certain amount in cash. Okay, Maybe it's $1,000, maybe it's $2,000, whatever it may be. But after that point, you actually have the ability to invest the remaining amount in mutual funds, index funds, whatever you would invest in in a 401k or an IRA. A lot of these providers allow you to invest within an HSA. Mm-hmm. And much like a 401k or an IRA, that money grows tax-free or tax-deferred at least. Yeah. So if I'm putting $3,000 per year into an HSA and I'm getting growth on that, 
well, I'm avoiding any taxes on that growth just like I would inside of an IRA or a 401k. So it can be a very, very good investment tool to complement or supplement the other investments you have in your, your more traditional investment vehicles. Fully agree. And especially for like higher income earners, this is a, a kind of a gimme because you're, you're usually maxing out your 401k contribution already. You can go fully max this out. And if you get out of the mindset of using this money for current year medical expenses, if you have the extra cash to go ahead and pay that out of pocket mm-hmm. from an after tax perspective, you can let this grow tax free and build deferred income for you. Um, that'll be a really, really nice nest egg that can be used for a lot of different reasons in retirement. Right. Right. And one nice thing is when you are in retirement, you know, you look at your 401k, you look at your IRA, you're going to be forced to take distributions from those accounts at age 70 and a half. It's called a required minimum distribution. Mm -hmm. With an HSA, there's no such requirement. You know, you can turn 70 and a half and take your required distributions from your other accounts, but you can allow the HSA to continue growing and compounding really as long as you want to. Yeah. So Awesome. Um, and the other thing to remember, because uh, James is kind of you, you mentioned it already, like you can invest, and then there's typically a, a dollar amount that the HSA company will tell you you have to keep in cash. Um, that varies depending upon the provider. And most people, when they think of like they, you work at a company, you work at a corporation, and and you have a 401k, and you have to use their options, and you have an HSA, and you have to use their options. That's actually not true for the for, for HSA accounts. HSAs are what we call portable, mm-hmm. which means you're actually allowed to move the assets out of wherever your provider keeps them, and you can transfer them to another HSA provider. Now, why so, would I want to do that? Well, because because let's say that your HSA provider says you have to keep a minimum, some high minimum of cash, two, $3,000. You have no interest in using these funds. You want to have them all invested or the majority invested. Well, then go find an HSA provider who has you know, low costs, you know, funds uh, with, with decent administrative costs uh, that doesn't make you keep a bunch of cash in cash that lets you invest it and mm-hmm. go do that. Mm-hmm. So you figuring out the solution that's best for you there, just keep in mind, you don't have to keep it at your um, employer's provider. There's a lot of flexibility in terms of where you keep it is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most people, you know, most people th- would probably think like, oh, I have to keep it there because that's where my, my company tells me I keep it. Right. It's exactly. not the case with an HSA. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So I like it, Scott. So here's what we've covered. We've talked about how do we qualify for an HSA? Well, to start with, you need to be covered by a high high deductible health plan. Mm -hmm. Second, we looked at where are the tax benefits? Well, there's three tax benefits. There's, There's a tax deduction for money you put into an HSA. There's tax deferred growth for the growth you earn on that money. And there's tax free withdrawals from the HSA, assuming you're using it for medical expenses. We talked about the investment benefits. You can invest funds. It doesn't just have to sit there in cash and there's no required distribution like there would be in an IRA or 401k. And then finally, it's portable. You know, it's a, it's a really flexible account to have. And I think this is a, an important conversation because the HSA can be one of the best vehicles you have in your portfolio, but not too many people recognize it as, as that. Not many people are using it as yeah, such. I think it's something that more and more people are. Hopefully this episode's helped a lot of people understand, get more clarity on what its benefits are. Um, one thing that we did forget to mention that I wanted to bring up was mm-hmm. when if you have a choice between for clients who have a choice between that high quality option without the HSA right. or the HSA option, um, saliency matters, which basically means what you feel you're paying in medical costs matters. Um, and then also the amount of premiums that you're going to pay is going to change. Right. So normally in a high quality plan, you're going to be paying more out of your paycheck. 
um, in the premium, right? And then in the HSA plan, you'll probably be paying less in premium. So just right. looking at it from an all-encompassing point of view is important. So there's a lot of things to consider here. A- absolutely. It's not necessarily one thing you have to understand first is how often do you have medical expenses, right? right? For someone who's got a lot of medical expenses and recurring medical expenses, this conversation is going to be a whole lot different than someone who hasn't been to the doctor in four years and probably won't unless something catastrophic happens. Exactly. So I think like, you know, we kind of are, we teed up an amazing, uh, hopefully an amazing conversation. How how to think about (laughs) it. I'd like to think so. How to think of it from a standpoint of the advantages that it can have, but Mm -hmm. there's, there are other components to weigh as well. It ultimately comes down to, to what you need it for. Yeah. It always comes down to the way we like to think of every question when we build outlines. It depends. It depends. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Anything else you want to add to this, Scott? No, that's it. Um, But uh, I hope everyone finds it useful. I think so. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to episode number four of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and show notes, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. That's realpersonalfinance.co and search for episode number four. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and please leave us a review to let us know what you think. And if you have a question you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website and there'll be a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question that we will answer for you on a future episode. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.